You're listening to Very Loose Women. Hello listeners, welcome to another Very Loose Women in lockdown. I'm Nikki and I'm coming to you from my house. Today we're going to be talking about mutual aid and community organising efforts in the COVID-19 pandemic. Mutual aid groups have sprung up across the country with the aim of people coming together to support each other during the coronavirus crisis. I've been involved in my local group in Forest Ward, Wolfham Forest, where we've been coming together to support people with shopping, picking up prescriptions and sometimes just a friendly chat. We've also had a quiz night social and started a seed exchange. It's been a good experience to be involved in the community in this way, and it's been quite different to other kinds of activism and organising that I've been involved in before. In a bit, we're going to find out more about where the idea of mutual aid came from. What even is mutual aid anyway? And does it have potential beyond the current crisis? But first, we're going to hear from some people who've been involved in their local mutual aid groups across London. In the last few weeks, I've gotten to know my local ward, my councillor and the neighbours um, around me and I found that to be hugely rewarding. I've um, I've also got a much better grasp of the struggles that people have in my area and um, and the sort of ways people can slip through the system and I've uh, found that to be very enlightening. I've come to appreciate the people I've been working with as well as part of Hoxton West Mutual Aid Group um, who uh, were kind enough to make me uh, bake me a cake for my quarantine birthday which was really nice because I was actually spending it by myself at the time so really gave me a sense of a community feel that I actually didn't have, I didn't see or didn't know was there before and we keep talking about how we'd like to meet up after the dust settles, if anything, to put faces to names, but also to see how we can continue with this endeavour and maybe find different ways that we can support one another. Looking forward to to that chapter, yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm Chris uh, from Central Brixton. Uh, I've been involved in my local mutual aid group since basically since the start. Uh, we started just doing some flyering and then got involved in the WhatsApp groups and it got a bit more centralised, a bit more organised. Um, at, the, at the start, when when we started just doing the flyering and collecting people, um, I was really keen to make it kind of purely focused on the mutual aid stuff, so purely just on, you know, getting links with people, getting people's skills down and really kind of, you know, people were trying to push back on on other issues, other kind of local issues or local you know, conversations. Um, but as it's kind of progressed and we've got into a good scheme of sort of dealing with cases as they come in and there's kind of not, not been the kind of overwhelming pressure, at least in our group, that we thought there might be, um, you know, my, my opposition to that before, based on the idea that it might be kind of trivialising um, the, the coronavirus crisis by talking about other sort of issues locally, kind of faded a bit because I realised that there was some space for that. So there's been lots of kind of interesting local things happening. There was... Um, someone who put that they had like a sourdough starter they were keen to share with people and then you know dozens of people have been to their house to pick up some of that and are now sharing their their breads and stuff in like a separate whatsapp group that's been made just for that um i found out about my local streets whatsapp group which existed for years before and that we 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 only lived here for six months but we hadn't been in before so definitely lots of like community links not just building but strengthening from before as well so neighbors that might have known each other before they now know each other a lot more through the groups and stuff 
So definitely scope for building the groups afterwards, I think. And lots of people are going to stay in these WhatsApp groups. And it's hard to see that there'll be like a natural end to the WhatsApp groups. Uh, it's more likely to just transition into local groups and maybe even local campaigns, you know, that people are interested in locally. I'm a bit concerned that there might be like a split between kind of people who live uh, temporarily in, in one place and people who live there long term. You know, as people move out, they might leave the groups and, and those links will be gone and the people that come in won't have those links. Um, but I think there's definitely scope for long term, uh, a long term outcome from this. There have been some issues with, I think, people snitching on people who are in parks and just posting in groups saying, oh, someone's in this park at this time. And, you know, there's a, a, a minor a minor issue which gets blown up significantly. People thinking of calling the police on people for going down the street and things, which isn't great to see. But luckily, lots of pushback against it, at least in my, at least in my group. Um, so, yeah, those are my thoughts. Thank you. So I live in Camberwell. Uh, this is Leo. I live in Camberwell. And since lockdown there's been two whatsapp groups um that i've been sort of an active part of um at the beginning i was super keen to volunteer but i quickly found that with my new job um it just wasn't feasible to donate anything but money um or tips um but i realized that um that there are these sort of pockets of linking that have happened during the crisis so over um sharing tips on utilities and local deliveries and grouping local deliveries um whenever there's like a someone manages to get a supermarket delivery they always mention it to the whole street to make sure we group which is probably better environmentally as well um there's been like i've noticed a lot of solidarity efforts um so like you know picking saying i'm at this shop does anyone need anything um and then also like more structured ones like there's this place called Community Bridges that delivers to people who are self-isolating and it stops people going out as much. Uh, we've said on my street thread that when this is all over, we're going to have a big street party and put faces to names. My name's Anne and I'm a student speech and language therapist. Um, and I'm involved with the Forest Ward Mutual Aid Group that has come about during the coronavirus pandemic i feel like being part of the mutual aid um group and community organizing has definitely made me feel a lot more connected to my community um i didn't go to school in the local area and um even working and stuff has always been out of borough so i haven't apart from like living here and coming back home I don't really know that much and like know a lot of people from the local area so I think this has definitely helped me meet more people that live like literally around the corner which is really nice and like know that there are so many other like like-minded people around me as well and the other everyone does want to help I think one of the main surprises was um, maybe how big Forest Ward actually is and that there are a lot of people that actually do need our help, which is really nice. And um, another surprise is the amount of people that want to help, which is really amazing. Um, I've previously been involved with, like, local politics and at times you can feel like no one really wants to get involved or, like, people in the area are quite disillusioned. But I think this um project especially with mutual aid has definitely highlighted to me that people actually do want to get involved and it's quite nice organizing outside of a um partisan format so outside of politics and um 
I definitely see potential for wider change um, coming from this kind of organising. Um, I think it opens up scope for a lot of um, independent organising and the community just coming together and helping ourselves, which is really good. We haven't had a lot of help from the local council in terms of like setting up and organising and providing help to the community, which obviously isn't great on one side, but on the other side, it's... Um, really highlighted that we are able to come together and um, help each other. So I really think it's going to change the way that we organise. And maybe, I think going forward, hopefully there'll be a lot more community organising outside of politics as well, which will be really nice. But I've really enjoyed it and I'm so grateful for all the help that we've received so far. And it's been fun and it's um, I'm excited to see where it's going to go in the future. Thank you so much to everyone who shared their experience of being involved with mutual aid. Chris wanted me to reassure the listeners that the sourdough starter was passed hygienically, in case anybody was panicking about that. So where did the idea of mutual aid come from? And how is mutual aid different from charity? I'm going to be talking to my fellow mutual aid group member Rosa about this and more in just a minute. But first, we're going to take a quick dive into history. Mutual aid in practice has existed in society since forever, I guess. But the theory of mutual aid was popularised by Peter Kropotkin in his 1902 essay collection. Kropotkin was a scientist and an anarchist. He basically argues that mutual aid and cooperation are an important factor in evolution. This went against the tide at a time when social Darwinist arguments were very prominent and competition and struggle were seen to be the natural driving forces of society. Kropotkin looked at collectively organised pre-modern human societies, as well as the natural world. He rejects the idea that humans are innately aggressive and individualistic, and suggests that people living together in society develop a natural collective sense of justice and solidarity, and will help each other without government coercion. Kind of like we're seeing now, I guess. Like I said, Kropotkin was an anarchist, and believed that the state and capitalism distort humans' natural, sociable and cooperative tendencies, and do not reflect the true communal nature of production and wealth creation. Kropotkin says a lot of other interesting things about our ideas of power and hierarchy, and how these don't really make sense or make anything better for anyone. But you can find out more about that, and actually the whole book, on the internet. Historically, mutual aid has popped up all over the place. The Black Panther Party's service to the people programmes, supporting efforts in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina in the US, and recent uprisings in Chile are just some examples. But before I get carried away, I'm going to stop my lecture and bring in my fellow mutual aid member, Rosa, to talk more about what mutual aid is in practice. Hi, Rosa. Hi, Nikki. Can you start by telling me a little bit about yourself and your background? Well, I'm currently doing a PhD, and I also write fiction um, for kids and adults. Uh, and and creative non-fiction, so I do writing as well. Um, I've been involved in social movements since I was 14, wow. so for a long time, mostly around gender justice, so most, mostly like um, organising with women. Um, so I was involved in, in Australia. I um, was really heavily involved in a collective called um, the F Collective, um, which we, and we were intergenerational. Uh, and here I was involved in uh, movements against austerity, insisters uncut, 
and um, other kind of political organising as well around that, um, and in Feminist Fight Back as well. And I guess my question, my big question, which is um, relates to both my work, my life and mutual aid, is like how do we show solidarity with each other? So my historical work looks at women's liberation movement of the 60s and 70s, but it looks at it in terms of like the influences of global struggles. So at the moment I'm writing a chapter on um, Vietnamese and Chinese women uh, and their um, involvement in Australian women's liberation and vice versa, so women from Australia who went to Vietnam and China. And so I'm very interested, of course, in this question of like how we work fruitfully together uh, to make real big social change, but like across the di- the big differences between us. Mm, that sounds so interesting and very relevant to mutual aid. But <laughs> very also relevant sounds to mutual like, aid. Sounds like enough to do a whole show on at another <laughs> time. But can you tell me a bit more about your involvement in mm. mutual aid during mm. the coronavirus pandemic and how it's been different or similar to previous organising that you've been involved in the past? Mm. So I came back from Australia because my research was cut short. I was also doing oral history interviews, so I wasn't able to do any of them. But I came back and there were all of these mutual aid groups set up in the UK, which I found to be, like, incredibly inspiring. And I wondered how much, and I still quite wonder how much, these groups were influenced by the setup of these groups influenced by the Corbyn campaign mm. because it was interesting that we were organising by ward, which is not really a way that I've ever worked politically before. So in it by electoral ward. And I think like I think a lot of people in the left didn't really uh, have an idea of what that even would have meant before the a kind the kind of Corbyn campaign, which obviously was I mean, I was really involved in that from Australia and did lots of phone banking. I found that very, very sad when Corbyn didn't win the last election. Mm. So I'm very aware that, like, a lot of people who are involved in mutual aid who are leftists come from an anarchist perspective. So I wonder what they would think about that. But I think the thing that's really different about mutual aid from um, other kinds of organising is that people are involved on a neighbourhood level. So they've just come, they've come together to be involved as neighbours, they've not signed up to a particular polity. Mm. Main, namely, they're not members of the Labour Party mm. or they're not unionists because I've done other trade union organising my old work, so we were all trade unionists there. They weren't, they're not all feminists or people who want to um, fight for the liberation of people of all genders. That's not something that they've signed up to. Or then, And they're not anti-capitalists, so mm. they, don't, they don't have... A politic that they don't necessarily have a politic that I would usually expect. Different in the workplace, it's very different in the workplace, and in some ways, the politics that comes out in mutual aid is is in some ways similar to trade union politics because people come from a much wider range of perspectives mm. and are brought together by their work. But there is still the unionism question that is, you know, people don't come to a trade union meeting unless they believe in unions. So there is mm. a base which there isn't for mutual aid. Yeah, that's really interesting that you say that about the Corbyn movement because I hadn't really thought of that myself and do you feel like a lot of the people that are involved in mutual aid are even necessarily on the left or do you think that 
there might be a lot of people that are involved that wouldn't say they were on the left of politics at all. I mean, I definitely think that's true. I wonder who... I know that there was some people who were working to set up the mutual aid groups in Lewisham and also in Hackney, and some of the Hackney people I do know were kind of like pragmatically involved in the Corbyn campaign in the same way that maybe we were, or I was. So I think those people potentially were involved in the setting up of, of the groups, but I think in Forest, for example, in our mutual aid group, I don't think people are necessarily on the left at all. Mm. And that that to me is really exciting, but it's also, it's, it's it can be a really challenging space to work in, I think, can't it? Because there's a lot, you realise that um, there's a lot of language, for example, and ideology or ideas that you really presume people have, and they don't necessarily have that. And it's it's a really good experience to work alongside people who don't have the same politics as you. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think that although there was some central organisation of these mutual aid groups that maybe did come from some kind of previous political groupings and things like that like it seemed to me like being around at the time when they were all Mm. being set up that a lot of them were just being set up by people that hadn't heard anything from the central organizers that just saw this these things coming together and were like let's do something and people that might not necessarily have any kind of preconceptions of what the words mutual aid even mean in the way that me or you would like being involved in other kind of organizing before Mm. which is really interesting as you say Mm. because for me like mutual aid is such a there's so much that goes along with that like Mm -hmm. in terms of the theory behind it and kind of the ways that it's been used in history Mm. but people are coming to this with all of their own definitions which is really interesting Mm. yeah and they I think that there's no um, I think it was genius whoever whoever began to call their group mutual aid, and I imagine they did have some understanding of mm. mutual aid. I guess I definitely don't mean that, that this is in any way a project of the Labour Party or that it came out of that mm. at all, but just that there was there's so much energy in these mutual aid groups, and I wonder if some of it has come off the back of mm. the last election and thinking about like neighbourhoods and and neighbourliness and how we kind of activate that power of mm. neighbourhoods. I want to talk more about this concept of solidarity, especially solidarity (laughs) as opposed to charity and what that really means, because Mm. I think that's something that has come up a lot, like not necessarily in those terms, but it's something that's been very present. I think this kind of slogan, solidarity, not charity, which is like what people say about mutual aid when they start to kind of get to grips with it or when they've been involved in mutual aid projects. I think we need to be careful that we don't just use it as this like catchphrase because actually it was so interesting the other day um, because we sort of said this in our mutual aid group like we are an organisation about solidarity not charity and the, and the and the way some people interpreted that was not the concept of charity which is what we meant but like a charity and so I think that explaining ourselves like or coming to understand what we really mean by that and being able to explain that is really good. So I'm glad you asked. I guess what I feel like solidarity is and how it's different to charity is basically that you you know in your heart that despite your differences, you could be in the same in the same position as the person that you're offering solidarity to. Um, 
and that and that doesn't mean that you're you're going to like flatten out your differences yeah like understanding that basically that basically the the only reason that you're not in the position that someone you're offering solidarity to is is because of not, for absolutely no reason that they that is their fault it's nothing to do with them it's the way that society works or the way society makes a big hierarchy out of people or about particular experiences of luck, namely where you're born or how much money your parents have that are really absolutely nothing to do with that person who deserves to be treated just as we all do as somebody who is should who deserves a dignified life and that you're going to use whatever power you have in that moment to stand with them and say, I'm not going to leave you behind and it's not okay that people act as if it's all right to leave you behind because it's about power really and it's about redistributing power so that's really different as well to a kind of charity model which is like oh this person is kind of down on their luck and they need some help whereas solidarity is about like the way that power is distributed at the moment is fundamentally wrong and we want to change that in every small action that we take so I think those two, they're really different. But I also think the other thing that solidarity is not is not this thing that gets said about coronavirus where people say things like, and people with a lot of power say things like, we're all in this together. And, of course, in a way, we are all in this together because mm. we could all get coronavirus and get sick. And I think that that's what they mean. But actually, we're not all in this together because some people act some people are treated as if they're completely disposable in this crisis and by those people who say we're all in this together often and some people are treated as if they are um irre like irreplaceable um because of the, again because of the way that power is distributed so i think it's not really about we're all in this together it's more like i'm not going to leave you behind and that's what i think solidarity is that's Really good. Thank you for that. And I think it's really important how you picked up on that difference between a charity and charity, because mm. I think that's really confusing. And you're right that it is a phrase that's kind of thrown about, like solidarity, not charity. Yeah. And it can be really confusing because there are there are charities, registered mm -hmm. charities that are working more on a, on a solidarity basis mm -hmm. and there are also organizations that aren't charities mm -hmm. that are working in ways that are quite oppressive and it's not necessarily totally. like that's not the distinction that we're mm. that's important I guess I think also the um the unconditional help that is offered by mutual aid is different mm. because even if some charities offer excellent solidaristic support to people mm. they offer it to only particular people yeah but I think that the unconditional support that mutual aid offers is is really different because you don't have to fulfill any kind of criteria. Yeah, that's a really important distinction to make. Thank you for talking about that challenge. And that brings us nicely onto my next question, which is about the future of these mutual aid networks. And are they just for the pandemic? Is there potential for them to continue? And also is there potential for them to lead to any wider political change? What mm. do you think about that? I mean, I really hope so because I feel like we're in a bit of a kind of... I feel like we're in the eye of the storm at the moment and that is probably a very personal perspective that I have because I think that many people who've had real experience of bereavement with coronavirus or who are on the front line doing 
the like the amazing NHS nurses and doctors and frontline healthcare workers would definitely not see that we're in the eye of the storm. Like they would feel like this is a real crisis and they're facing that, going into work and facing that crisis every single day. But I think for those of us who are kind of self-isolating at home, it feels like this big, it feels like we're waiting for, well, for waiting for the economy to crash basically um, or to continue to crash when everyone goes back to work and finds that they maybe don't have a job or that their, you know, boss is willing to lower their wages or people can't afford to pay their rent. And that's all going to happen at once. So I think that it's really important to continue to work together in the neighbourhood to face that crisis as a neighbourhood because that's that is that has the real potential to, like, take shame out of people's experience of that and stop it from being individualised. I think also we could begin to do things like make demands on our local council as a mutual aid group. Using these relationships, these great relationships we've built um, and thinking about where power lies in our neighbourhood and how to distribute some of that power. I just also feel that I wouldn't just stress that this isn't just business as usual. Like I think sometimes um, unless things are completely transformed, and every relationship is has suddenly become a revolutionary relationship. People who are in the left are like very willing to dismiss things as just like business as usual. But actually, I think calling up a stranger and saying, I'm actually feeling really lonely and low and I need a chat or I'm in real poverty and, you know, I really need some food or I really... I mean, may, going to be Main Street homeless and like, what can my neighbours do for me is a really, really radical act. We've been completely separated off from each other and every problem we have has been blamed on ourselves. And we've been, and we've internalised that and felt like, well, we have to solve this and I can't tell my neighbours because they'll be really judgmental. And that ha this has really changed with mutual aid. Like it's really, that, that has really changed. I mean, I've rung the shopping line and I would ring up again. And I probably will have to ring up again. Thank you so much, Rosa. Thank you. That was a great chat. Thanks um, for chatting. Hope to have you on the show another time for a chat about something More else. More chats. More chats, yeah. <laughs> great. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much, Rosa, and everyone else who shared their knowledge and experience for this show. We're coming towards the end of the show and I'm going to be leaving you with a wonderful poem about mutual aid in just a minute. If you want to find out whether there's a mutual aid group near you, go to covidmutualaid.org where there's a directory of all the groups. You've been listening to Very Loose Women in Lockdown. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at VLW Radio or search Very Loose Women on Facebook. All of our episodes are podcasted on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Acast. I'm going to leave you with this wonderful poem. Bye. I went to a window last Thursday night. There was Sam across the road, two large hands thundering, and those echoes rolling off the houses, Rosita's weeping and hollering. New names, people that I walk past every day, new faces, Zoom buddies, filling my WhatsApps with rainbows and neighbourhood spirit. But new comrades? Hard to know. Feels like politics is such a no-go, even though each and every one of us now has a name to put to a face. 
story about universal credit, about a landlord lording it all over the place, and about gatekeeping at food banks. Tell me, why do they even exist anyway? I sit at my desk under a poster of Grandad Carl, and I know what we're doing is radical. I know what we're doing could change our world. This is how we build power from below. I know. But this Thursday, the thundering and hollering, it started to sound hollow. Then someone posted on WhatsApp, where were you? Followed by a poor show. Solidarity as performance isn't solidarity at all, I thought. You see, I was having a lockdown low and didn't want to explain myself to someone I don't really know. But then Sam went shopping for Kathy and I spoke on the phone to Evelyn about chatting shit about the government and I thought that. Right now we're individuals acting collectively, but there will come a time, someday soon, when they double down on austerity, when we take a breath and look back. We'll see then that actions are only as radical as the intention behind them. What will be our intention that day?